All right, everyone. Welcome back. Inside Dirt Show, episode number three. This is the uh, One Thaggy preview show for round three of the 2019 MX Nationals. Joe Stevens here as your host, as always, and I'm joined by the people's champ, the fan favorite, the co-host, Durant Stapleton. Nice to be back on, third show. So it's good to be here to talk about uh, One Thaggy this weekend. Look, you're looking a little bit worse for wear, Bang. What's going on? You've got some some scuffs on the face. We got some scuffs on the arms. What happened? Uh, just typical me, you know. I was out cycling and uh, caught the edge of the edge of the concrete curb and yeah, slid my face down the footpath. So <laughs> good start to the uh, little bit of cardio this week. Oh, you guys can't see, but uh, Duran's looking a little bit worse for wear right now. So. Um Sending him all your, all your best. But, uh, right, we've got a good show for you guys tonight. Like I said, this is the One Thaggy preview show. Um, we've got Wilson Todd on, the DPH Motorsports rider uh, for Factory Husqvarna. He is your 2018 MX2 class uh, champion and came very close to the 2017 MX National Championship as well. So we're going to get Wilson on to talk about his thoughts after round one and um, get his you know, get his thought process heading into round two. He's had a lot of success at One Thaggy over the years, and I have a feeling we're going to see him really kickstart his season this weekend coming in around two. Um, we're going to have a little bit of chat about the MX2 contenders and where things are heading. Um, then we've got an interesting one. We've got KSF Suzuki's Justin Rodbell, the uh, USA import, the privateer. He, um, so Rodbell. Who's that guy? He's a rider that we talked about on the preview show. Uh, came out and did pretty good. Whole shot that first moto. And we're going to talk about him a little bit later. Um, you know, surprise few people happen. So Justin Robbell will be on the show in just a little bit. Um, we're going to talk about MX1 for a while at night. We've got Kevin Williams coming on the show, the promoter from Williams Event Management and the promoter for the MX Nationals. Uh, we're going to talk to Kevin a little bit about what went down at Appen, um, specifically the time penalties in MX1 that, you know, sort of changed the, um, you know, changed the results. So we're going to get Kevy's rundown on, you know, there's a lot of heat on social media. There was a lot of heat on uh, on your media outlets that a lot of riders talking about track cutting. So we're going to get the promoters call on what happened there. Going to finish up with the MXD guys, have a little bit of chat about who's coming in hot to round two. Um, but to kick things off, I actually forgot to mention this. So um, a little bit of background story for you guys. The, uh, the podcast studio is actually at the gym where I train all my motocross uh, athletes. And we had Jack Simpson in the house doing a late gym session tonight. And I said to Jacko, hey, why don't you hang out for a little bit? And um, we'd love to get you on the show for a minute because Jack had some really good success at Wonthaggy over the years. So, Simo, welcome to the show, mate. Hey, happy to be here. Now, Jacko, I don't think there's probably many a better person that could give the listeners a rundown about Wonthaggy than yourself. Uh, 2013, 2014, uh, MXD class, uh, he won the won the overall, won motos in both years at Wonthaggy. Um been a few years since you've been removed from the MX National Series. I guess we'll start off. What are you? Uh, what are you up to nowadays, real quick? I'm pretty much just doing like the desert racing. Um, thinking had a main main races for the year for Penrite Honda. Bit of a change in direction over the years. We've seen you go from MXN to AORC, and did you got a championship one year, right? Yeah, he won championship in the AORC. Um, you were third in thirteen and third in fourteen in MXD in the championship, right? 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure third, yeah. We're going back a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So let's talk about Wonthaggy a little bit, Simo. You won the overall 13 and 14 both years in the class, the 252-stroke days for KDM. Um, You know, what can you give insight to the listeners? How's the track form up? Why were you so successful there? Um, Probably helps that that was my, like, local uh, sort of home race on the MX National Circuit. Um, Yeah, spun a fair few laps around there, so. Good starts. Yeah, good starts. Good starts help. It's sort of a weird start straight because you got, yeah, obviously long left sweep, but then it sort of tightens up and goes left again. So you got to have... Was that picture one year you had like five bite lengths going into that second turn? Yeah, that was that was probably... Uh, that would be my biggest hole shot ever. That was massive. I think it was, was 13, wasn't it? Yeah, 13 first year. Yeah. Um, so what you know what, what do we expect from the track this weekend? I've heard it's a little bit sandier than usual. Uh, How does it usually form up? I actually raced it just at a regional race about three weeks ago. Um, Notice sort of the MX Nationals, they, they do rip it deeper and it gets more like a sandier loam set up. Um, but, yeah, I sort of noticed it was a bit harder than normal, as oh, in There's the been base. no rain. The, the base is super high packed down in Gippsland, eh? Yeah, pretty much. It's yeah, plain and simple, so... But I know those guys down there do put a lot of work in and get that, that place up to shape. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they nail it again like the last. What was probably your best uh, memory at Wontaggy? I think we had a quick chat before the show, and to me that stands out was you and um, – oh, who was you going at it with that year? Uh, Maston. Wa- Egan Maston, sorry. Yeah, Maston goes off the track. Like two turns from the finish, you guys are yeah, battle. Yeah, I, I reckon it was either a lap to go or two laps to go. But, yeah, I sort of – I think I got the start. And I uh, led majority of the race and just sort of had that mid-moto sort of, I don't know. Pump, you'd call it. Pump or, yeah, got a bit tight or something. He got around me and then, yeah, this is going back. So I'm trying to I'm trying to remember why I'm talking. But, yeah, I know there was this that there's this little sort of step up and goes into a, a right sweeper right near uh, where Jed used to live in that little house <laughs> yeah, on, the, the, on the corner. The, um, the beaten house there on yeah, the back side it. of the track, yeah. And, yeah, this is still technical. The riders will know it where I'm talking. Sort of it's about two, three corners from the finish line. And uh, yeah, gave him sort of the fake panic rev up the inside, and yeah, he sort of sort of spooked him, and he went off the track for his few banners, and um, opened the door right up for me to go up the inside, and yeah, come away with the win that one. That was cool. It was I, that was fourteen? He was on the Husky. Yeah. You were on the KDM. Yep. Who did you battle there in thirteen? Probably Wilson, Jay Wilson, someone like that. Yeah, you and Wilson were going yeah. at it that year. I'm trying to think who else. Remember you guys trying to kill each other down the start straight at That's Swan it. Hill. And was Dinsdale oh, floating Dinsdale, around? Dinsdale, yeah. Let's forget the old podium shot up. Yeah, we've got a couple from that yeah. year. Yeah, throwing them once. That's it. The yummy, the yummies versus the bloody cheetah bikes. <laughs> <laughs> um, got to got to get moving with the show, mate. So we won't hold you up too long. I know you've just done a big gym session. You want to get home, but um, what uh, in your experience, what's it going to take for someone to take out the win at Wontaggy this weekend? Like, what what do you got to do to manage a race there? Oh, there. I, I can, I, from. From where I stand is just, yeah, de- a decent start. You've got to be in that top three and get that toe for the first one, two, three laps. Um, and just stay consistent because it does get rough and the motos get long there because it's sort of a little bit like Coolum as well. You just It just gets hard. So, yeah, just push, push, push and make sure, yeah, I don't know, like <laughs> just send it. <laughs> it's true. I mean, yeah, it's a balance. It's a bit hard. I haven't done it for a while, so I'm sort of a bit tongue-tied. But Yeah, you're um, used to... Uh... I'm used to turning around trees and hopping logs and going through water, but... <laughs> Pre-running. <laughs> That's it, yeah, and up dodging cows and graders and whatnot on the think track. 180k an hour. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, Sim. I really, um, like I said to the listeners a few times, we we're going to do some more in-depth um, athlete interviews and, and feature 
feature interviews um, away from the Inside Dirt uh, MX National show. Those will be coming up in the next few weeks once we get things settled. And Jacko is a guy that uh, you know you and I go way back, and I'm excited to get you in here and give everyone a rundown in your career because um, a lot, lot of stuff goes on behind the scenes, man, and you've had a very a very yeah, career. Yeah, I keep it pretty quiet, and I don't, yeah, don't try to. Yeah, get too much out there. So yeah, I like to sit down and give you a good rundown on what's going on and be a cool where I'm going as well. So there's some pretty exciting things coming up. Yeah, be a cool listen for the viewers. So um, thanks for coming in, man. Appreciate it, and we'll uh, we'll hear from you soon. Just doing the old switcheroo. We uh, we're not quite high tech enough for three mics yet. So uh, Simo and Duran had to trade out. Duran's another one. You've um, you've had some success at Wonthaggy over the years. What year was that? Uh, you you almost won that moto. Was that fourteen in MX two? Yep, fourteen. I uh, was on Raceline Suzuki that year, and uh, I remember me and Doggy uh, Ryan Marmont came into the first turn one and two. That was pretty cool. Uh, definitely a cool shot for the team to have. Oh, you were teammates with Doggy, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, and I just always never wanted to be behind Doggy. He was the hardest person probably on the track to pass. Um, a lot of experience. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that race I actually that was my first race back. I missed Appen that year because I had fractured a few vertebrae in my back and my sternum. So that was only that I was think, that Broadford first turn crash, yeah, right? Yeah, I knocked myself out. Yeah, that, that was, was a good one. That that was crazy. You had um, the holy and just got ejected, right? Yeah, I just hit the where the track had built up the like rut, I guess, where you ride on the track. I in swung off that on the start, and that was my. I remember. My chin piece of my helmet hit my chest so hard it smashed my sternum into three pieces. So Jeez. that was like uh, at one taggy that I think it was only a month after that. So it was kind of a little bit tough to ride. But I got a good, a good start and I just thought we'll just hang on for as long as I can. And uh, I remember I think it was Cloudy came up behind me and he, he'd caught me and I was like, nah, this is too close to nearly winning this to give up. So I just I pulled it back out and then we were laughing half to go away. Typical, tuck the front and crashed. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it's cool. Like Simo, just been in yourself. Like I guess because we're all somewhat local to you know the southeast of Vic, we, we've all spun a lot of laps at One Thaggy. Um, and uh, you made it work in fourteen. It's cool to get that insight. You know, it's an interesting track. With if you get the start, um, because those first few turns are quite tight, and then you actually go into a little chicane where it, it slows down completely. If you're in those top three, you're out of there and everyone else is just bunched up, just bikes going everywhere. That's true. It doesn't really get to the open sand sections until probably halfway through the lap, hey? Yeah, you, once you get through that chicane, you go out the back and you go down the back straight and then you have that nice big sweeper and it opens up from there. You have a few sweepers. But uh, that first part of the track, it's, it does bottle everyone up and if you do get a good start, you're out of there. I think it's one of the more interesting tracks as well is that qualifying is important, but there's also... You can go from the outside gate and that start. Yeah, that start. It's probably pretty the one of the fair. Best in the series. Um, far inside doesn't work too good, but like middle out, you can pretty much pull the whole shot from anywhere. Yeah, I just and the dirt's so good there that they get nice ruts on the starting line, and if you can just lock those legs in and get that first gear change, like change the third after everyone else, and get those bars out, you always get a good start there. I love that start. For some reason, I was always not too bad there. <laughs> well, talking about spinning laps at Wonthaggy. Um, we're going to get, uh, on the line now. We've got your 2018 Moto MX2 class champion, um, DPH Fastry Husqvarna rider, Wilson Todd. Welcome to the show, Wilson. How are you? Not bad. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty good, mate. Got Duran Stapleton here in studio. What's going on? Oh, not too much. Just sitting here talking to you. <laughs> yeah, um, 
So, Wilson, we were just going through the results from uh, last year, from 2018, and um, seems to me, taking a look, obviously last year was a doubleheader. Now, you had a you had a seventh place in Moto1, and then you proceeded to win the next three motos over the two days, and I kind of feel that's where you kick-started your season last year. You know, Mafra wasn't an amazing round for you, but... But from one, it was sort of on after that, and you and you ran away with the championship a little bit. Um, so yeah, talk about that. You know, obviously, one thing is somewhere you're very familiar with. It's it's got to feel good going back there for you this year. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, well, I started last year, and I was uh, pretty unprepared when I got to round one, just with a a lot of little injuries and everything um, in the preseason. And you know, I came down to Ross's. Ross's place down here, I think it was only like three weeks before round one and I'd only got, I don't know, maybe 20 max hours. And um, so I was going into MAFRA and I wasn't real confident with myself and I, I mean, I couldn't have sucked any worse than what I did. So, I mean, we started there and um, we had a few few more weeks to start getting some more bike time and everything. And when we uh, got to one daggy, like I was, I felt like I was ready to go, you know, and um. I sucked pretty bad in the first one. I got a bad start for some reason and um, I just got stuck behind some riders and couldn't really make any moves, just just didn't make it happen, you know. And um, I come around to uh, the the next races and, you know, I pulled whole shots and pulled out big leads and that's uh, pretty much what you want. Yeah, it seemed like, uh, like I said, you really seemed to kickstart your uh, your season at One Thaggy. Um, I guess, you know, a lot of the, view, the listeners didn't have the opportunity to come to Appen and I got the chance to interview on the podium for the round presentation and you sort of said, uh, to summarise, you really didn't want any part of getting into anything crazy at Appen. You wanted to get through round one um, sort of unscathed. So, you know, maybe recap that real quick, what your mindset was at Appen and uh, and how you're feeling heading into round two. Yeah, well, uh, the game plan was pretty straightforward when I seen it raining, you know, like, would have been a lot different, I guess, if um, the conditions were nice. But when we got there, I seen, you know, how it was going to be. And um, so I've just, uh, you know, um, I sort of of sat on the line and I just thought to myself, like, I'm just going to get the whole shot and then um, sort of ride my own sort of pace. And if riders pass me, I'm just going to let them pass. You know, I I just sort of wanted to finish top five-ish, you know. And... um, so yeah, I I pulled I pulled a start like uh, I was about a bike length out on the guys uh, beside me out of the gate, and then obviously uh, Jay got up on the grass and went by me, but um, he overshot the turn, and I ended up getting the whole shot award, but he went straight back by me. You know, he was uh, definitely going for it. I could hear it. You know, I could just hear a heap of vowels behind me from pretty much everyone. I was like, I'm not going to engage in any battles, you know, because um. I was just having in back of my mind. If I fell off in that mud and I got covered, it was going to be a whole lot worse than what it was, you know. So did you stay I up the whole uh, the whole moto? You didn't go down at all. Yeah, I didn't go down at all. Like um, I let Jay by, and then Jai Roberts was pushing to get by me as well on the first lap, I think. So I didn't want. I just sort of let him go as well, and then just sat in my my own sort of speed and just where I was comfortable. You know, I was in fourth, and I knew. I was just thinking to myself, um, you know, one of those three guys is going to make a mistake on their own for sure. And which, um, fortunately for myself, Aaron, you know, made a mistake and I got on the box, which is, I mean, couldn't really go on much better. 
I guess. Um, just stayed off the ground and uh, got out of there healthy with some nice points. So, uh, like you just said earlier, you, uh, you're based down in Vic now, uh, training with Ross. Um, I've heard you've been riding at Wanthaggy and i heard you've been putting some pretty uh, impressive lap times down. Uh, what's the track like been the last sort of couple of weeks and, and what's it looking like coming into the weekend? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been, I feel like I've been going real good lately, you know. Um, I mean, I, I can sort of touch base on like with the bike change and everything, you know. Um, it's taken me all, all sort of pre-season to get used to it. But, you know, the last couple of weeks, especially at the practice track, I've felt like it's been able to take me to another sort of level. And, um, and it's been, it's been showing, you know, I've got Ross with me there and we've got people come through all the time. Like at the moment we've got Richie Evans staying here. Um, uh, Blake Fox just rocked up, you know, Regan Duffy's been here, you know, we've had heaps of people been riding with Luke Clout, all those guys. And, you know, I've been, I feel like I've been really strong at the practice track and it, it's shown. And I think one thing, uh, you know, I believe it should be really good for me. You know, I've, I've done a few laps there now, you know, I've done the, um, MX Nationals ride day there before and, uh, you know, a couple of days with the boys out there and being feeling real comfortable. Yeah, speaking of the switch to uh, the Husqvarna, what was the biggest thing that was, you know, the hardest thing for you to adapt to or something that you thought, like, as soon as you hopped on it, what was something that you noticed that, you know, took a little while to get used to? I mean, when I just jumped straight on it, um, I mean, I rode the, I was riding the 19 Yamaha for Supercross and then I didn't ride for a few weeks and I jumped on the Husky and, um, it honestly didn't feel just for a, just a casual, casual riding and not going too fast. It actually didn't feel much different at all. But, uh, when I was starting to try and, um, you know, you start trying to push like real race pace stuff. You know, that's where I, I was noticing the big difference in the bike. You know, I was going, I struggled at the start with um, just the turning. You know, I was, uh, you know, just the sort of shallow shallow ruts that didn't have much traction. I always found myself um, overturning it and falling inside, you know, because uh, I guess the Husky just sort of steers, steers a lot better or whatever. And um, so I, I didn't quite right, have the balance right. It took me a while to find that. Um, and once, once it's come around, like, I've been super happy with it. You know, I feel much more comfortable, you know, t- turning it on that kind of stuff with speed now that I've, uh, got sort of got my balance right on the bike. There's something I want to touch on Wilson a little bit with, um, you know, you're back with DPH, uh, for 2019 and previously you were at Serco, um, and it's, you know, you, you seem to switch back and forth between Serco and DPH for a few years now. Um, uh, what's the rationale? I mean, I imagine Yamaha would have wanted to keep you at the end of um, 18 with some championships and whatnot. It seems to me like uh, you really enjoy being down here in Vic with um, the Hawkins and the ZPH setup. Um, you know, to so talk about, you know, obviously not trying to throw Serco under the bus here, you, you know, but you've switched back and forth a few times. So what's the go with that? Well, at first, I mean, they, they are, already sort of signed their riders, you know, the Yamaha guys. Um, it sort of started with I was going to Europe and I committed to it and I told them I was going and they got their riders. And then um, I know 
like the DPH guys, you know, they still talk to me all through the year and they weren't going to sign anyone until they 100% knew that I'd put pen to paper because they really wanted me, you know. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, it sort of fell through my Europe deal and, you know, I was sort of, you know, the Yamaha t- offers was pretty much gone by then, you know what I mean? And But um, I had the D- DPH offer there and, you know, I feel like, I'm in, I'm embracing it, you know, like I, you know, I'm enjoying it, uh, the change, you know, I, I sort of, it, even though how it all played out, I sort of like wanted to try and, you know, just ride a different bike for the first time. It's been 10 years I've been on Yamaha and sort of wanted to look at a different fender the f- for the first time, you know, and just sort of start fresh. And, um, DPH had the perfect opportunity with me. You know, I, I love the team, you know, everyone that, there it's a it's an awesome environment and you know i think the huskies are the best bike out there and it's it all came together and really worked out well for me uh we had todd your teammate on the show uh, was it last week or the week? yeah it was uh uh after winning happened last yeah, week yeah. yeah so we had todd on the show and he let us in uh told us some news that he's planning on heading over to america for the first three rounds or so of the AMA Outdoors. Are you a part of that or have you got any intention with that or what's the... I'm not a part of his trip. Um, oh, he's going with his family and everything like that, I believe. And um, I'm trying trying to go over there myself. Like, I'd like to do the first two rounds at Hangtown and Parlour. Um, it's just, and like, uh, I believe if I go, I'll try and, you know, take my mechanic or something like that. But at, at right now, because I'll be in the 250 class, I can't really just get a stock bike and go out and be competitive at all. So I'm trying really hard, um, especially this week, to see if I can organise a competitive bike over there. And um, if, if we can, I'll, yeah, 100% be, like, uh, head down and try and get over there to do some racing and show myself to the world. Yeah, that would be a really cool thing to see both yourself and your teammate over there for uh, the opening few rounds of the AMA Nationals, and um, that'd be really cool. I think a lot of the Aussie fans would be stoked to see that, so hopefully you guys can make it happen. Um, talking about your mechanic real quick, Jared Pine, now, you put an Instagram video up before round one of you doing a start on that uh, 250 Husky, and it kind of blew up the gram a little bit. Like, that bike sounded incredibly fast, and that start was impressive. Um, Piney just keeps telling me, He's not going to tell me what's in the engine, but he keeps telling me how fast the thing is. So, uh, obviously, you're pretty happy with that motor package that DPH have put together for you? Yeah, 100%. You know, um, Jared's good at what he does. And, you know, that that was my practice bike and my race bike's even better again. So, you know, there's no complaints from me. And I honestly think I'll, uh, I plan on taking home a few of those $100 checks this year. <laughs> and um, Whole shot awards. But, yeah, I mean... I, I mean, it starts with the bike, really. The Husky's great out of the gate. and Jared just sort of is just a switched-on person and knows what he's doing. And, um, yeah, I, can, I couldn't be any more happy. You know, I, I really do think you're going to see a lot of hole shots this year. Oh, it's, uh, it's definitely going to help. It's uh, one thaggy. You, uh, just to finish up, did you, you, you did qualifying on your practice bike at Appen, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, and then you raced the race bike in the mud? Yeah, sure did. <laughs> didn't, didn't want to trash it too much, you know. Yeah, um, just give it one. My practice, my practice bike was there, just sort of sitting beside the truck, and I was like, uh, "We'll just um, go ask Kevy if it's all good if we ride this thing." And he gave us the thumbs up, and yeah, 
I mean, good to go. I didn't really, yeah, save the thing for the the Moto One, which I did, and I think it's um was the wisest thing to do. Yeah, it worked out pretty good. Um, all right, Wilson. Well, thanks for coming on the show, mate. We're just going to hit you with one more quick question before we go. Obviously, uh, you know, like I said, you kickstarted your season pretty well at One Thaggy last year. Um, not going to put you on the spot too much, but are we expecting to see somewhat of the same uh, this weekend? Uh, I'd be pretty disappointed if it if I didn't see much of the same. You know, um, I think everything's working out for me. That you know, it's just sort of just up to myself. You know, I've just got to get out and get some good starts, which I I believe I will, and just you know ride the way I know I have been at the practice track and everything like that, and I believe it'll work out for me. All right, buddy. Well, we sure hope to see you up front on the weekend, and uh, we will catch you at one thaggy, mate. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Yeah, sweet. Thank you. All right, catch you, man. Catch you, bye. All right, Duran, Wilson Todd, factory uh, Husqvarna rider for DPH, and um, I'm feeling pretty confident by the sounds of things coming into one thaggy, but you can't blame him. He had a great round there last year, and uh, I, you know, I agree with him. I, I'd be very surprised if we don't see him on the top step of the podium this weekend. Well, I know he's a Queenslander, but... He does live down here a lot of the time, probably just as much as he lives in Queensland. Yeah, I think he's like days. an adopted Victorian. Yeah, so and he's training with Ross, so one thing he's just right in his area. So it's he, like their I, home base. Yeah, I'm sure they've done a lot of laps, and I know they've ridden a lot there in the last sort of couple of weeks. So for him to you know expect to win, I, he, I, I would he's I've got my money on him. I think so. I think that's a fair bet, and um, you know I think uh, Wilson. It's gonna be interesting to see, man. He's got uh, he's got a lot of potential, and I'd be I know he was trying to get to Europe last year. Was talking about trying to get to the states. Uh, obviously, it's funny that DPA's team you got Malkowitz and uh, Wilson Todd both had rides trying to land overseas, didn't, and they found a home at DPH. And you look at um, Todd Waters came back from overseas, like it's a little bit of a yeah, it's where the I guess the rejects go, but it's like, a ref, think, like a refugee yeah, uh, camp. DPH but. lucked out with that. that was, Sort of what was left, and yeah, I think for them to get uh, Wilson and also t- uh, Todd Waters, I keep getting their names mixed up. Having dude, Wilson, how, Todd, and Todd Waters on the same yeah, team, and then like, try dude, and then you have Jay Wilson and Wilson Todd in the same race. It, yeah. it seriously fries my brain doing NRG TV because when they're battling, it's like Wilson, uh, which one? One of them needs to take one for the team and start getting worse results, so we don't have to talk about them. Just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fair. Um, but like we said, Wilson Todd, modal MX2 champion from 2018. Um, and, you know, nearly won the championship in 17. Things got pretty crazy with him and Mastin at the last round. So he was 17 DPH, 16 Serco. So Serco, uh, DPH, Serco, DPH. Was that it? Wasn't he? Uh, yeah, he was Serco. And then, yep, you yeah. were right there. So, so Serco, DPH, Serco, DPH. Every year he's gone back and forth. Uh, yeah. Interesting. The only significant one was this year because obviously first time we've seen him on something that wasn't the Yamaha. Yeah, and like you said, you know, you've got a defending champ that changes colours. Not not very often that happens. It it'd does be, happen. Yeah, it would be interesting to hear what, you know, off the record what he said between the bikes because I know that DPH bike, they had a lot of development into it. Uh, and it was really good when he raced on the team in, what was it, 17. So it would be sort of interesting to see what he said between the bikes because I'm sure that Serco bike's pretty darn good too. Yeah, it's um, Serco bikes, they, they, they've been successful for a long time. That bike has been refined and they've got a good program. So Moto MX2, let's take a look at the championship points from uh, round one. It was only one Moto 
Um, so it's basically just your finishing positions for Moto 1. Uh, Jai Roberts, uh, Jay Wilson, Wilson Todd, uh, 1, 2, and 3. Isaac Ferguson, Riley Dukes, Nathan Crawford, Cooper Posniak, Dylan Wills, Wyatt Chase, and uh, Aaron Tanney is going to round out the top 10. Snodgrass, Constantino, Fogarty, Chandler Burns, Kyle Webster, Jai Dixon, Ricky Latimer, Sam Pels, Riley Stevens, Jesse Bishop. Uh, that's going to round out your top 20 in the championship from round one. Um, let's talk about Roberts. You know, wasn't uh, crazy fast at Wonthaggy last year. We had... Um, he still got a podium in a Moto, didn't he? I think so. I was just looking at the results. We had 11th in Moto 1, a 9th in Moto 2, and then we had an 8th in Moto 3, and then a 3rd in Moto 4. So this, I take that back. Obviously, he was building towards a, a podium in the final Moto, so, I mean, Roberts, that was his rookie year. Um, clearly fast enough to get a podium in his rookie year. He's going to factor into the podium this year, you'd think. Well, like we've been told um, from a few riders that have been down there, uh, it is a little bit softer this year. So if it roughs up quicker, um, Jai should be. Like he said last week on the show, he likes it when it gets rough and technical. So I think the you know gnarlier the track's going to be, he's going to sort of factor more for the win. I think so. I think we're going to see... Honestly, I think we're going to see Roberts factor into just about every overall every podium like the kids are the real deal this year and i mean if you can perform in that mud like he did at round one he's definitely going to be factoring into uh into the podium at the good rounds uh, jay wilson had a couple good rides there last year it was uh, third position moto one um fourth position moto two uh top fives in the second day it was pretty muddy there last year at one thaggy and probably should talk about that there's rain forecast this weekend. No, is there? See, I haven't done my research. I, yeah, what's, what's again, the go bag? Normally you come in with a notepad. Oh, you know, I, I hit my head on Thursday. And <laughs> you don't know who I, you are this had week. lots of appointments with surgeons today, so, you know, I was a little bit unprepared. It could be, a, I don't know, I don't want to start the, the fear, the, the hype, but uh, it can start a lot of, um, sorry, Wanthaggy's dry, Gippsland is dry. We've had a drought all summer. I don't think any amount of rain is going to be an issue, so... Um, yeah. Well, yeah, but if it does have that hard base because it hasn't been, you know, raining quite as much, which I don't think it, it's going to. I think it's going to be nice and soft. But if it does, it couldn't maybe, you know, get those square edges that sometimes does come up at one thing. Well, it rained a lot last year, but it wasn't really a mudder. It was just super technical, do you remember? Like it was super, like long ruts, like square edge bumps in some sections, deep sand holes in the other sections. Um it's going to be interesting to see how the weather turns out for the weekend. and if Surely we, not another mudder. No, nah, I don't think we're going to get another mudder. Like I said, it, it really wouldn't matter how much rain we get. Gippsland's that dry. It's not It's not going to make a difference. I did the, uh, I think it was the Gippy there last year at Wonthaggy, and it was quite wet, and it just destroyed bikes. Like, you just continue on the clutch, just going hard. So, I know it's my riding style a little bit, trashing a bike, but yeah, hopefully not for these teams. You know, two rounds to start the year wet, surely not. Let's talk about Nathan Crawford. Um, sixth in uh, round one at Appen. NATO, you know, um, second in moto number one last year. Um, so well, I was, yeah, well, yeah, I'm reading some results. I'm trying to figure out when was it he popped his shoulder out? I think it was, was it day one? So I think he crashed on day one, didn't he? And then he tried to race again. Nah, he, uh, geez, I've got the results in front of me, but it's a bit confusing. I think it was the second moto or day two. Day two. So he comes around. We had it on then on GTV. Um, he pops his shoulder out. He didn't crash. He comes around that first turn section and it sort of sweeps back on itself before that uh, inside-outside drop. And he's trying to put his shoulder back in. And he's just waving the thing around. And obviously it didn't go in. And um, 
that ended his season by memory. Uh, yeah, it did. So Nathan Crawford, he's still coming back from that knee injury. Like, he's had a gnarly couple of years. I still don't expect to see the Nato Crawford we saw at the start of last year for a while yet. Like, he's going to be building. Um, but, Duran, you've had a lot of experience with injuries. How is it going back to a venue that <laughs> – sorry, but you have. Um, true. How is it going back to a venue where, you know, you've had some pretty big injuries? Like, does it, does it mess with your head? Uh, for me personally, no. But I think if it did – I've pretty much crashed at every <laughs> venue, so uh, I don't think I could really, you know, say too much about that. But uh, for him, surely not. You know, he's been around for a while and he can ride well. Obviously, we've seen it last year. We, he can ride well until he hurt himself. So um, I think he's going to be, you know, up there. Maybe he might not have the, you know, fitness towards the end of the motos. I personally don't know NATO, so I'm sure he's fit. But it's just, you know, if he hasn't been in a race situation like that for a few months now um, since last year he missed the majority of the year of motocross so it's just it'll be interesting to see I think he can be a factor um, like always but just whether or not he can have the level of you know Wilson Todd intensity it's going to be needed uh, it's hard coming back from injury um, take a look at the rest of the field uh, Dylan Wills sitting in 8th in championship right now Wills he, he can bring it in the sand sometimes he's has some some good results at Coolum and we've seen him do well uh Sometimes it depends what Dylan Wills we're going to get on race day. but Yeah, it depends what side of the bed he wakes up on. Um, he's got that blazing fast speed. He does he have that intensity, and I feel like if he gets a start at one, you could definitely see him factor yeah, like into the front. Before, whoever sort of gets a start, we're going to see some maybe some breakaways, and hopefully we get those top guys there at the start, and we'll have some good battles. Um, I was just going to bring up uh, Aaron Tanny. So Tanny wins round one last year, went to one thaggy, didn't really have the best round. Didn't uh, didn't factor into that much uh, at One Thaggy last year. Expecting to see more out of Tanny this year at uh, One Thaggy. Um, I think he's going to be fired up after losing that podium spot at, at Appen and going down in the mud. So um, he's on that Soko bike. Good motor, good starts. He's trademarked for that. And uh, yeah, I think we'll see Tanny factor into this one too. I'm not sure how he does in the sand. Is he normally a sort of... Because I was speaking to, I'm not sure if it was his mechanic, but I think it was uh, one of his, you know, close friends last year. And he said whenever the track is at its worst, like square edges, just something that you'd go to a practice track that's not watered at all, he said that's when Tanny shines. He just switches off his brain a little bit and just goes. <laughs> well, I mean, he won Mafra last year, so clearly that's his yeah. strength because that was yep. the gnarliest square edge track I think I've ever seen, ever. Um, one he can get like that. It depends what one he would get. You know, it's soft, but there's half the track where... I mean, I've ridden there with square edges that you have to literally hop over because you'll lose your whole linkage in the things that are that deep. He's just one of those dudes that can match anyone in speed, I think. Like, maybe not on every, every day at every round, but usually he can just he can go with anyone. So if he can get the start, uh, he'll be one of those guys that's battling for a podium. Kyle Webster. Webster comes out last year, wins moto number one at one daggy, third in moto two, uh, factored pretty heavily into the first round at one podium. Um, unfortunately for Webster, the second day did not go well. He had two mechanicals. There was uh, a lot of steaming bikes, and, and that wasn't a good day for the, the CRF Penrite racing team, unfortunately. But Webster, he's won motos at Wanneroo. He's factored in a Coolum. He's won motos at Wanthaggy. He's from WA, and he shreds in the sand. So obviously not the round one he was looking for, but uh, Webster's sitting 15th in points right now after 15th in that opening moto at Appen. Definitely going to see Webster factor in, I think, this round. 
well, just like Tanny, he's going to be trying to, you know, get a little bit of redemption from that horrible round one. Uh, and, it, yeah, like you said, he can ride the sand probably better than anyone. He's grown up in it and he's fit. But he does have little mistakes sometimes. I think even with the uh, first day last year at Wonthaggy, that second moto, didn't he crash, like, on the last lap? I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure he crashed on the last lap and yeah, still got up and got third. I think you're right. I think he's... Now you said that, I think he went down maybe before that big scrub jump, you know, the big number three yeah. uh, high elevation, like a little scrub thing. Yeah, good good, good point. I forgot about that. So he's he's got crazy speed and it's going to be one of those things this year for him to be a flight championship contender week in, week out. Those little mistakes have to go. But you can't deny when the track's rough and, and fitness comes into it, he's always going to be one of the guys. Oh, he's, not, he's fit. He's super fit. He's super fast in the sand. His intensity's blazing at times and... Uh, Expecting to see Webster get it back on track this weekend at Wonthaggy. A couple of guys we've got to talk about. 27th right now in the championship is Bailey Malkowitz. Um, definitely going to see Bailey step up after this weekend. Got to be disappointed with that. Um, it's like he. This is his first year in MX2, isn't it? Yeah. So he's probably still not quite sure where he's going to factor in, whether it's going to be you know a top five or sort of a five to ten uh, rider. So... It'll be a cool one to watch for this weekend and, and sort of see where he's going to end up for the year. Yeah, I think I think he'll factor in right away with qualifying. I think you'll see him up front in yeah, times. he's got that sprint speed. He does, and I think that'll set the tone for the weekend. And if he gets a start, it'll be one of them deals where he'll not run away with it, but I think he'll be able to get the toe with the guys out front. But I feel like the difference between MXD and MX2 is if you don't get the start, it's very difficult to um, catch the guys that are running similar times to you. That depth is a lot, you know, a lot more, right? Then MXD. Um, take a look at the rest of the field. Riley Ward, Caleb Ward's younger brother. You know they spent a lot of time in the sand up there in uh, up north in Cairns. Um, probably expect to see uh, Riley. Um, you know, currently sitting. Geez, twenty. Where are we at here? Riley Ward, twenty eighth in points. I think Wardy will, will step up and surprise some people this weekend. Morgan Fogarty spent a lot of laps at Wani. He um, he led some MXD motos last year before he went out with injury. So I expect to see Morgan. Get things moving. One person we haven't spoke about is Isaac Ferguson. So he's on the 252 stroke, isn't he? He is. He's sitting fourth in points. And I don't know whether to bring that up because I was like, do I just skip over this was a mud result or is Ferguson... I don't think so. I I feel like some weeks we may see him out of the top 10 and that will be normal. But I think he's going to get some good results because I don't know much about him, but he's going to get good starts on that two-stroke. And from what I've heard, like the little bit I have, he can he can definitely ride. So Well, he had a, a really good season going in MXD and I think it was it 17. And yeah, I think so. Um, testing my memory a little bit here. but Yeah, well, he was... I thought last year he was meant to line up with the KSF Suzuki guys and, you know... Well, I think he did a few rounds. I, I don't know. I don't want to speak on it. I don't know what happened. Yeah. I know he did a few rounds for him and then he didn't. Uh, injury or stepped away, I'm not sure. But uh, he's back on a two-stroke this year. And like I said, he's the elder brother of uh, the MXD, Ferguson. And he rips as well. So, uh, yeah, interesting to see uh, where he ends up in the sand. Um Pretty much going to put a wrap on MX2, Duran. Anyone else we need to talk about here? Pretty much uh, got everyone covered. Malkowitz down there. Um, Joel Green down the uh, pointy end of the field. Oh, Caleb Barham, 33rd. Yeah, not where he would Not go. where we expect to see Barham. Now, Barham gets crazy good starts. That 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 guy is a really good starter. So I expect to see Caleb Barham. Um, 
Now, like we said, one thaggy, long start, fast first turn. If you're not afraid to hang it out, you'll get a start. And Barham's a smaller rider, and he can definitely get starts. So, uh, you know, Barham's definitely going to want to turn his season around um, along with the rest of the uh, – a lot of the field, really, in MX2. So um, going to be interesting to see where we're at. And uh, we're just getting our next uh, guest on the phone right now. So excuse me if I sound a little bit um, – a little bit distracted. There's a little bit going on here in studio right now with the uh, producer and everything. It's um, trying to hold a show down is not the easiest, but um, right now we're going to move things on, Duran, and we are going to bring in you know segments and features in the show are something I want to add in, and um, we're going to start one off that I'm pretty excited about. Um, this one's going to be called the Instagram Post of the Week. And basically what this, this section is going to entail is basically going through social media, checking out what the writers have posted and picking out a post that we think is uh, pretty cool, that deserves a mention. And this one definitely deserves a mention. So um, we're talking, of course, about the USA import, Justin Rodbell. And uh, he is riding for the KSF Suzuki team. And um, Duran, I think we've made it. We are two weeks into this show. This is episode number three. And uh, we've got our first Instagram beef. I remember uh, before show one, I said, I wonder how long it takes until uh, we piss someone off. And after one show, I had a whole Instagram page dedicated to me for a week. So <laughs> there, was, uh, there was some shots fired, I tell you what. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> the, uh, the KSF guys, no, they had some fun with it. They, um, they dubbed over uh, us talking about uh, Justin Rodbell. And uh, they dubbed over with the footage of him hole-shotting at Appen. And uh, let's remind, let's refresh everybody's memory. For those of you that don't follow KSF Suzuki, they, uh, they basically put this audio out of, of you and I saying this about Rod Bell. Like, if we haven't heard of him, he's not going to do any good. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I, th- I wish I had said something worse just so they could, they could let get a bit, bit of more of a bee in their bonnet. I, um, I'm not too sure that really warranted... <laughs> that whole Instagram thing, but they definitely are a little bit of a sensitive Sally. Well, what uh, what else did we say? Let's get that up, though. Now, we had some other things as well. Uh, I think it's Justin Rod, Rod Bell or something like that. Bit of an interesting one. I'm not sure uh, if they got a team coming to the races with the riders they have. I think they got Job and Prudy. So, yeah, for I mean, them, it's going to be interesting to see if they can even crack the top 15, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I mean, we've got... Now, I stand by that comment. Because uh, uh, when I said... They'll be looking to get top 15s. Um, their other rider on the team is John Prudy. I've n- not really met him, and I'm sure he's a good bloke. But for he- to expect him to get top 10s would not be fair. So that's why I said it. And we also said that we didn't know this Justin Rod Balfallow. And if we had done our homework, we should have known that he got a 13th in the mud, which, you know, mud, but still good in AMA Nationals. He also got a 35th at Bud's Creek, so... I, I want to ask him about that, whether he had a motor failure or a crash, because 35th, I, I think I still stand by my comment. He might be a nice bloke, but he's definitely got something to prove over here. Well, there, there was some beef. There was some beef on the internet, that's for sure. And uh, we're going to address that beef right now. So uh, the, the Instagram, the people have spoken, Duran, they wanted Rod Bell versus Stapleton. And uh, we've got him on the phone right now. Justin Rodbell, welcome to the show, mate. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> What's up, guys? How are you? How are you guys doing? 
I'm doing pretty good. We haven't met. I'm Duran. Um, oh, we haven't met, what, but I hope what? you're a little bit more classy than you're uh, the person <laughs> on your Instagram. But definitely uh, nice what's your name again? You. Duran Stapleton. Oh, I've never heard of you. Oh, yeah. there we go. <laughs> nah, we uh, look. We'll, we'll let everyone know right now. This is all in good fun. We, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. we've been talking to you guys back and forth this week. We're excited to get you on the show and. Um, you know, let's just get straight into it, Justin. Uh, like we said in the preview show that, uh, that your team so graciously dubbed over with your footage doing well at round one, we really didn't know much about you. And I'm pretty sure that 95% of the listeners and the, and the motocross fans of the MX Nationals here in Australia probably don't know much about you either. So uh, here's your chance, mate. What, uh, what's Justin Robbell all about? Where are you from? And uh, give us the rundown. Yeah, I'm from Prince Frederick, Maryland, and I'm just a kid that likes racing dirt bikes, and I saw an opportunity to come here to Australia, and I just hopped on it. I hopped on a plane, came here, won a competition, and now I'm here racing. Um, I've only raced two pro races before coming here and to race professionally, so, you know, this is like my rookie year, I would say, of being a professional, so I'm still trying to figure everything out, but hey, we're here. Now, I wanted to ask you about the competition that you came over for, but um, I was speaking to your team manager during the week, and he did say you're only 18, so what was behind the decision, you know, to pack up and come to another country uh, and, and, you know, come over and do the competition? It's pretty interesting. Yeah, so when I was, I had a ride with Traders Racing, and throughout last year, I raced for them as an amateur, and then they wanted me to race uh, the last two pro nationals so i did that and then unfortunately they merged with another team and then that left me sitting there with no ride so um, they're great people and all but I had, I had nothing going on so i saw this opportunity um talked to my parents about it and when i say i hopped on a plane and flew here and didn't know a soul that's what happened um i just saw an opportunity and ran for it you know uh, i didn't didn't have much going on i was gonna maybe do some east coast supercrosses as on my own but it's pretty hard to do that on your own you know you gotta have a lot of backing and it's not it's not an easy task to do that so i saw this opportunity i said hey why not and then actually the day I, first day i was here i was laying in bed and i got a call from traders the team i rode for and one of their riders got hurt and they were like, hey, we have an opening. Uh, we want you to fill in for Supercross. I was like, well, guess what? I'm in Australia. So let's uh, uh, <laughs> let's talk about that real quick. Because, look, America is no point uh, even denying it at this point. It's very heavily geared around Supercross. It seems like uh, the amateur scene is obviously very heavily motocross. But then as soon as you transition uh-huh. to the pro ranks, it seems like it's very Supercross orientated. Yeah. So for you to take a step away from Supercross and come race motocross over here... Um, you know, is that a conscious decision that you want to ease into Supercross or you just feel like you're more of a motocross yeah, guy uh, or what is that? Main, I mainly made the decision because I've seen, when I say a lot of people, a lot of kids just going to Supercross when they're 18 and as in their rookie year and, I mean, you just one injury after another and then you're coming in halfway through the season hurt and you're not you're not showing your full potential. So I just, I saw this opportunity. I was like, you know what? Why not go to another country, race my damn dirt bike, have some fun, meet some new people, and just try to get better? Because I look where I was. At. I look where I was at last year, and I feel like I'm so much better 
right now than I was last year. So I was like, let's just keep progressing. And if the opportunity comes to race again, we'll race. But um, just just having fun around my dirt bike. And I've raced outdoors since I was a little kid. So (laughs) I love it. Uh, speaking of Supercross, what's your deal with the team, the KSF Suzuki guys? Are you sticking yes. around for our series at the end of the year, the Supercross? Uh, right now, it's just still outdoors, but I mean, I'm open to racing Supercross. You know, I love Supercross. I've, before I came over here, that's what I was racing. I was racing arena crosses, not Supercrosses, but local arena cross races to make some money and have some fun. And that was obviously overseas in America. Were you riding a 450 over there or... Uh, no, uh, I was riding a 250 back home. I have a 450 that I was also riding on outdoors, but in, indoors I was riding a 250. Um, transitioning back a little bit to the, you know, let's get into detail a little bit more. Obviously, KSF Suzuki, for the listeners that weren't aware, they went a little bit of a different uh, route this year. They they ran an open, I don't know if you call it open qualifier audition type uh, competition and basically, you could put your hand up, go to an open event, and they selected a handful of riders to go through some sort of... It's like a reality TV deal. I haven't seen the YouTube series they put out yet. I'm not sure if it's even dropped yet. But uh, interesting way for those guys to, to get a ride, obviously get some PR for the team. And and uh, this kid from America comes in, and I, I didn't really see too much until they announced the team, and, and they announced you had the ride. So for the listeners at home that want to clue into the process, like what did you have to go through to get that ride? Yeah, it, was, it wasn't an easy task, I would say. Uh, so we first we did about two days of riding at a track called... Oh, shit, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, but Canberra? we did two days of riding. Camera, yeah, yeah. Camera. We went there, did two days of riding, and the first day it was about just throwing one lap down, like a time qualifying session. So we did that, and they didn't tell anyone lap times. So we all just do a, we do this moto thing, and nobody knows we're stacking up against anyone. Obviously, you can see who's fast and all, but nobody knows who's the fastest. So we do that, and then Sunday we did about 30-minute moto all together, and then nobody was told about who was the fastest or anything. That that was pretty cool. I mean, and like I said, everyone was just didn't know a thing. So then from there we went to Dan's and did some training. We had a 30-minute FTP test, which was I I was me and uh, this guy named Harvey. We were the last ones to go at 4 p.m. or something, and it was uh, for me. It was like 110 degrees. But to you guys, it would probably be like 40, 44, 45, something like that. Yeah, like low 40s Celsius. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It was it was hot. It wasn't it wasn't very cool, and and I wasn't used to the heat. And so 15 minutes in, the power went out, so we had to restart. Oh wow! <laughs> so we get 15 minutes in, y'all. I was breathing hard. Do you remember you like, oh. Uh I didn't know that. But we get 15 minutes in, we restart, and then we go again. And then I think I threw up with like five minutes to go or something. And I tried to keep going. But I just kept on throwing up, throwing up, throwing up. So they put you guys through the ringer then. Yeah, and then Sunday, we, the next day, we did a whole nother thing, a fitness test and a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, it was gnarly two days, and then after that, uh, we went riding again at Nora. Nara? Nara, yeah, we did Nara, yeah. Remember these tracks around here, but um, we did that, and we did a whole bunch of. We didn't really do motos, just working on corners, technique stuff, um, doing some start drills, just working together as a team, and 
uh, just having fun riding your dirt bike and stuff, doing wheelies, just having fun. Um, so you you wrap up the competition, and um, do those guys say to you, "Hey, Justin, um, you need to book a return flight because you've got the ride," or do you go home and wait for the phone to ring? Like, what happens? All right. So then after that, we everyone came back to Scotts, and they kind of have a nice place to do a little revealing of it, and we're all sitting around just uh, having a good time. It was a or the night before we went out to Sydney, went out uh, went on a boat went on a jet boat had a great time uh team that was super cool for everyone all the boys we all had a great time and then the next day we all came back to scott's and that was when they were going to tell us and shit we were here from 10 a.m and they didn't announce it till probably p.m. and that was a stressful day i would say for everyone they left you guys hanging uh, huh yeah yeah we're all just sitting there like shit man what's gonna happen so Scott tells us, and he announces John got it, and then he announces me I got it, and it was a pretty cool feeling, you know, just to know that you have something till throughout the whole season, an opportunity to prove yourself is, uh, I don't know, it's pretty cool. Yeah, Security is so, not always a given in this sport, so it's nice to yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's, it's a tough thing to come by. Hey, um, um, so they're doing a reality series on on YouTube right out of the the competition. Have they dropped that yet, or do you know when that's happening, or what's the go with that? That has not dropped yet. Um, I do not know when it's dropping, but I would assume it's going to be soon. All right, well, we'll keep a lookout for that. That'd be pretty cool to yeah, see. Yeah. Um, so you've obviously come out around one and got a sixth. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> a bit of surprising to me. Oh, no, I'm not going to lie. I'm just joking. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what was your expectations coming in? Obviously, you've never raced here, and you're not sure about our competition. Uh, what What's your expectations, you know, for the rest of the rounds, and and what are you trying to build to? Yeah, I didn't really, honestly, to be honest with you guys, I my expectations were, you know, I was like, you know, hopefully, it'd be awesome to be inside the top ten, but I don't know where I, I dude, I swear when I say I haven't raced one of those guys before. I've never raced one of those guys. Like uh, when Clout came to America, I was probably on a 85 or something. So to beat him was pretty cool, I would say. <laughs> but it was a mud race, so um, you know it was all all fun. Uh, I like to race. I can't wait to race in the dry and you know just back up, well, back one, some stuff up. But one thing is a pretty cool track. I think you're gonna enjoy round two. Um, so let's get back to that start, that whole shot at Appen. Now, um, I've got a rider that uh, is a good friend of mine and someone I've worked with for a long time, um, Andy Dinicol. Uh, yeah, he, my boy Andy. <laughs> yeah, he said he knew you. Uh, Andy raced in the States for a long time as an amateur. He's an Aussie kid that's been in the States for a long time. And um, yeah. after we did that intro show, and like I said, we were kind of super unprepared. We didn't even really know that uh, mm-hmm. anything about you. So I hit up Andy. I said, hey, do you know this Rod Bell kid? And he said, yeah. He said, mark my words, he's going to whole shot um, he's going to whole shot the first moto. He said, this this guy gets killer starts. So I said, all right. So I actually threw that in there on the NRG TV show. I said, uh, I've heard Rod Bell gets good starts. Then you went out and just ripped that massive whole shot in the mud. So that's obviously your deal, right? You're a whole shot guy? Um, I mean, I'm not going to say that, but... <laughs> the proof's in the in the massive whole shot at Appen, right? Yeah, I looked around, you know, my buddy Kane, he was my mechanic. and we're, we're sitting there just having a good time in the gate. I'm looking around and I'm like, man, none of these guys got their whole shot devices. I'm like, what's it? What's going on? I'm like, are they ever going to put them in? Because I got mine and I'm sitting on the gate. I'm like, all right. Um, 
what's going on. So yeah, okay. So you you feel like you were one of the only guys in the mud running that whole shot button in? Yeah, I was the only guy. Wow. Um, considering that, I mean, everyone that was around me didn't put their whole shot device in. I uh, think they said one person said uh, Todd Waters put his in. Yeah, I guess the logic would was, be to try to keep the front end light and and you know not be so low going into the mud off the gate, right? Yeah, but. Uh, the dirt was so hard underneath the water. Um, I went in, I went in and kicked it, and it was not. It was, dude, it was rock hard. So I said, uh, "Let's put the whole shot device." I didn't even, honestly, I didn't even think about not putting it in. <laughs> that wasn't even a thought. When I'm sitting on the game, I'm like, dude, what's going on? <laughs> so yeah, was, there you go. I didn't even. Uh, we didn't catch that on on the TV show, and I didn't even really think of. Uh, yeah, think of that. I didn't but... know until after the race when someone started talking to me about it. I said, "Oh shit, that, that must have been it." But, uh, yeah, nobody else put their whole shot device in around me. Maybe well, 10 gates down they did, but not around where I was. It definitely worked for you. You had a, you had a pretty decent lead going into that first turn. And, uh, I, you know, long start, obviously you haven't been in one thaggy, but it's got a long start, really, really open left first turn, kind of similar to Appen. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll uh, be good to see you come out with some of those patented uh, hole shots. We'll be waiting for them on the weekend now. We've got to wrap things up here pretty soon, Justin, but uh, mm-hmm. one thing the listeners probably probably keen to hear about, um, what do you think of Australia so far? You're a young kid from the States, uh, coming out here living the dream, racing his dirt bike. I'm sure the, yeah. uh, I'm sure the girls are loving it over here. So, uh, yeah, how's it going oh, yeah. for you? Oh, it's a great time. It's, Australia is a beautiful place. Uh, when I came here for a month before in January, I was like, man, I'd love to stay here. You know, um, kind of a country boy. I mean, I'm from Maryland, but I spent a lot of time in South Carolina back home. So um, Australia is kind of like that. And you have space to do things where we're at in East Kirchhoff. And it's, I, love, I love it here. It's a cool place. I'd like to spend some more time here. So, you know, it's a cool place. That's cool, mate. It's really good to see you over here, and I think it adds uh, adds a, a different uh, flavor, a bit of flair to the MX National Series to have some of the Americans come over. And we had Cole Peters over here for a few seasons a few years ago, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Brett Metcalf has come back from the States yeah, yeah. after a long career over there. And, I mean, there's plenty of other Americans that have come through, but uh, they're kind of uh, eluding me right now. But, you know, there's yeah. definitely been a lot of Americans come over, and, and uh, some stay for quite a while. So, you know. Good, good to see you over here, mate. And uh, yeah, thank you for coming on the show. We look forward to catching right, up time, with you. Uh, look forward to catching up with you at One Thaggy. And um, oh yeah, Should thanks again. Thanks for being a good sport with the whole uh, Instagram beef. We appreciate it. <laughs> oh, no problem. It's all good fun, man. It was nice to uh, finally talk to you. And uh, if I make it to a race, I'll come up and shake your hand. <laughs> all right, sounds good, man. I'll see you guys there. All right, Justin. Thanks, buddy. You guys have a great day. See ya. All right, Justin Bellrod. Rodbell, I'm sorry. <laughs> wow, that was that wasn't intentional. Justin Rodbell on the show, KSF Suzuki's USA import, and um, yeah, Justin put a massive hole shot at Appen, went out and uh, and killed it, and got six after a crash in the mud. I really hope for his sake he can come out and you know get a top five result just to uh, shut us up. Uh, uh, look, you know what? Like all, all the the Instagram stuff aside, like the team's just doing their job, getting some hype. And, yeah, and I, yeah. I spoke to the manager. He just he said, I'm sorry, but 
like probably not what I would do. Uh, try and get some new followers <laughs> at someone else's expense, but nah. they've got to do what they got to do and try and you know get some Duran, exposure for their team. You got to get used to it, man. I've been a commentator for a long time. You just get used to people talking about you. As in, I wasn't too <laughs> fussed. It was just it was a bit of a laugh. It's just part of the game, you know. But um, like we said, uh, I think for for Justin. Great result at round one. He's an 18-year-old kid out here living the dream, traveling Australia, seeing a new country, racing. If he can come out here, get some top tens, throw it in the top five. I mean, he's not on a factory team, quote-unquote. He's not, I would assume, he's not on an equivalent equipment to CDR or DPH. Like, you know, the, the KSF guys do a great job, but it's not. it's a pretty new team. Clearly, they got a strong motor. Oh, clearly, I mean that was a massive hole shot. They got um, good hole shot buttons on too. Apparently, I wanted to ask him. We ran out of time. Whether he would come over by himself. It sounded like the first time he came over, he was. No, I think he is. He's uh, he's staying with the KSF guys, and um, yeah, he's he's living with them. He doesn't even. Uh, I think he has a phone over here or anything. He's just running his American setup, and I think he's out here on his own. That's probably why he didn't answer that. Um, Instagram messages, he doesn't have it on his phone. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, you know, I think, I honestly think the Aussie kids can learn a lot from that, you know, because 18 years old, I don't know many Aussie kids that would pack up their bags at 18 and go live somewhere else. And everyone says, oh, if I had the opportunity, I'd go raise here or there. But a lot of these kids still live with their parents. Like, they're pretty, um, uh, they're naive to the open world, the big world out there. And uh, you know it, man. You've travelled, you've raced. Um, yeah, I think hopefully um, he's obviously got the KSF Suzuki guys around him and hopefully they, you know, are a really good support network for him. Like, obviously, I've been overseas and I've never really done too much over there. But even just going over, trying to buy a car, trying to get insurance for a car, just stuff like that. Yeah, like forget not, racing, like yeah, everyday life. Yeah, like, I remember I, I bought a van and I went to the track and then I realised I didn't have a ramp to... <laughs> unload the bike and it's just the little things like that that you just wouldn't ever think about being in another country and not having what you usually would yeah that's good and you know you said jumped at the opportunity you know i think we're a long way from the rest of the world over here in oz but i say it to all the youngsters i work with like i was i was in the states at uh like 18 trying to train and and by myself and you've traveled as well like you got to take these opportunities and run with them at a young age and hats off to him for doing that so let's let's transfer now we've, we've talked about uh Justin Robbell, and we got that out of the way. MX1, Duran Thor, MX1, um, coming in top 10. Todd Waters, Hayden Melros, Kurt Gibbs, Brett Metcalf, Jesse Dobson, uh, Justin Robbell, Thomas Ravenhorst, Luke Clout, Jobin Baldwin, and Kobe, Cody Dice. Sorry, that's going to be your top 10 in the moto finish and uh, coming out of round one at Appen in the Mud. Um, looking at the top guys in the championship right now, Waters, let's start with him, Duran, heading into one thaggy. The guy has a lot of MXGP experience, you know, would have been based around Lommel and Belgium and, and a lot of those sand tracks that are renowned as the gnarliest sand tracks in the world. So for him to be coming to Wonthaggy, which is a bit of loam on deep sand and hard pack, you've got to say that he's going to be one of the fastest guys. Well, speaking to him last week, he um, sounds probably the most confident I've ever really heard him in an interview. His mental game sounded... Yeah, it sounded like he's off-season he was really like happy with, so... Um, it's going to be one of those things, what, who's going to come out in front? Is it going to be Gibbs or Waters or you know a couple of the other guys like Clout? Uh, so this weekend's going to be really cool to see. And let's talk about that reset because, like we said, round one was a mudder, like a, a legit mud race. So this is like round one, part two. Yeah, it is. Um, uh, like I said before, there's going to be a few people wanting to get redemption and uh, improve on the like a crappy round one. Um, so And then you've got like, people... 
like uh, Dobson, who you know got a really good result, and they want to come out and prove that they that that it was wasn't no a fluke. fluke yeah. yeah, I mean, look, um, you know, Waters. We've already covered that as far as he won round one. Um, Melros technically won round one. Crossed the finish line first, but then was penalised. We're actually going to get Kevin Williams on the phone in just a little bit to talk about that decision and some of the penalties that were handed out at Appen. Um, Melros is going to be coming in hot. He's going to want some redemption. Yeah, that's that's right. It's sort of a hard one for him. Like I understand where the penalty comes from, but also you know if you were in Hayden's shoes, you definitely feel like you got ripped off. Uh, and I think as a racer, regardless of the circumstances, yeah, like yeah, if when you don't you win, you yeah, you win, you win, win right? Um, but those guys, I know that Mel Ross and Waters and those guys were out at the East Coast MX on the weekend, racing that series. So uh, didn't I really wanted to? I just didn't get a chance to check out those results. But uh, interesting to see where those guys would have figured out. So uh, we got Husky with Waters. We got KDM with Mel Ross running two in the championship, heading into round two at Wondaggy. Kurt Gibbs, um, Gibbsy. He's, he's pretty strong at one daggy. We take a look at the results from last year. We can't really compare Waters or Melros because they wasn't uh, here last year, but Gibbsy was uh, second in Moto 1 last year. Um, factored outside of the... Yeah, he didn't factor into the Moto 2 at all. Then we've got Gibbsy third in Moto 3 and fifth in Moto 4. He had a big crowd. Yeah, that's right. Sorry, he had a he big one. Rollers. Yeah, so I was gonna say. I, I oh, that's right. Before. Yeah, yeah, he had a big end over end in the rollers. Donnell's holding up the sign, crashing the rollers. Uh yeah. So you know, really uncharacteristic mistake for Gibbsy to do that. So that I was when he was chasing him. down Dean, wasn't it? Yeah, I think he was trying to drop the hammer and uh, catch him. But uh, yeah, it, it it went sort of ninety ninety off a square edge, and I think it low sided him. Right into the hole of those rollers at Wani before the start straight, right? Wasn't it? It was just a bike problem after that, wasn't it? Didn't he break the handlebars? Or I something? think he snapped the mount or, yeah. or something, the bar mounts or, or triple clamps. There you go. That's yeah. the guy. You got a good memory, Darnell. So, um, that's why you're on the big bucks. What I wanted to talk to you about was where do you factor Medi into this? Because he, you know, he's had another couple of weeks to heal that back injury, and I'm not sure how much time he's got on the bike between. Uh, round one and two, but well, I think for Metcalf, like we said after the Appen show in the review, he um, best case scenario for Metcalf was the mudder at round one. It took away the need for intensity, you know, to refresh everyone's memory for you viewers at home. Metcalf broke his back in a preseason crash about six weeks ago. He literally rode the Thursday before round one, and I saw Matty at the track. I said uh, I was out at Park Four MX in Melbourne. And I said, hey, how you feeling, man? And he said, look, I'm pretty stiff, but, um, you know, I'm pretty stiff, but, we're, we're, you know, he's strapped up, but we're getting it done. First race, best case scenario, it's a mud race, takes off the pressure, takes off the intensity. He's had two more weeks. Um, judging by the Instagrams uh, posts I've seen, uh, he's been out this week testing with the team. They've been down at Cruising's uh, ride park, riding some similar terrains. One thaggy is kind of loamy with a hard base. Um where does Medi factor in? I mean, he's got the speed. Well, I think for that team, they're also going to want to prove that last year they uh, know um, how to get a bike through the race, I think. was it? Yeah, he DNF'd at round one, uh, and then he DNF'd at one thaggy, so back to back. That was heartbreaking watching him try and 
push the yeah he did he got all Ryan Hughes about it and, and tried to push the bike over the finish line and um that was that was at the end of the 30 minute moto and for anyone that's raced a sand race for 30 minutes like he was exhausted I think he I think he collapsed after that or yeah, fell I think over he or something. Yeah, on the other side of the jump so no one could really see. But And I don't think he got any points for it either. No, so all that was was just, a, I think I'm pretty sure it was just a little seal uh, on the coolant, on the water pump. Yeah. Because so I think he had a chain or a linkage issue at round one last yeah, year. Yeah, chain, yep. Yeah, and then the, um, the mechanical uh, at round two. So, yeah, 100% the team, you know, like you said in the in the preview show when we interviewed him, the team's been building. It was a first-year program for uh, Yuriv Konsky's uh, Penrite factory team back in motocross. It's been a supercross-only outfit for a long time. So for Medi, definitely uh, going to be interesting to see. I say they're going to be interesting to see. I say that about everybody. But where's he going to factor in? If his back's good, he he won Southwick in yeah, the well, States. He's going to be. He's been around forever, and he's one of those guys that. The rougher the track gets, he's the gonna, better. Yeah, yeah. The, but whether or not he's whether he can lower back or where stand the fatigue yeah. of his injury and the pain, that's going to be the the part that really separates whether he's going to factor into the podium or he's just going to be a top ten guy. Personally, I don't think he's ready yet. As much as the adrenaline is going to keep him out front for probably the first ten or fifteen minutes, I, I can't see him being able to maintain that intensity with two weeks on the bike after after a back injury. Uh, but I hope I'm wrong. I would love to see Medi on the podium, uh, Dobson. Uh, next up, uh, we didn't talk about, no, sorry, we talked about Gibbsy. Dobson, fifth right now. He put out on Instagram he had a bike two weeks before the first round. Um, he gets asterisks right now, I guess, because it was a mutter um, at round one. But Dobson's from near Coolum. I've watched him race that venue for a lot of years. He used to rip there as a junior, and he knows how to ride the sand. So I expect to see Dobson come with some intensity and speed. At Wontaggy, is he going to have the stamina and the bike set up and the infrastructure around him to actually capitalize on that speed considering he's a privateer? That's where it can get a bit tricky, isn't it? Well, he got, did get fifth uh, at round one. And, you know, we are saying that could, you know, have an asterisk, but that's a fifth for him is not out of the question. He's got, always had no. the speed. He's been a factory rider, yeah, you know, so KDM and all I sorts. I don't think it's, yeah, it is surprising because last year he didn't have the greatest year, but. He could be one of those dudes that is a top five factor, you know, every weekend. Um, so this weekend in Wonthaggy, they're sort of going to show us whether or not that round one was a fluke, but I don't think it was. It's just whether or not he can consistently do it because in the past, there's been a, a consistency problem for him. Yeah, up and down and, and injuries and everything else that goes along with it. We've already talked about Rod Bell, had him on the phone. He's currently sixth in the standings. Uh, Ravenhorst, seventh position at round one. The uh, the, the local guy uh, to Wonthaggy, he's from Gippsland. He just uh, came back from the AMA Supercross campaign he had. For you listeners that are getting up to speed, he went out and ran the first four or five rounds. Uh, similar program to what you've done in the past, Jeram, with racing the first few West Coast rounds. And he came back and jumped on a 450, seventh at round one. Um, I think it might be a bit of a stretch to see him factor into the top you know, seven, ten guys at Wonthaggy, but Ravenhorse has done a lot of laps at Wonthaggy. He gets good starts. He's fit. He's in shape. Wouldn't be out of the question to see Ravo in the top ten, but it also wouldn't be out of the question to see him in 15th. I think the intensity levels are going to be super high in Thor MX1 at Wonthaggy, and uh, a lot of guys are going to be going out swinging. Luke Clout, the number four rider on CDI Yamaha. Cloudy definitely was pretty uh, vocal on social media after the race that he pretty much said, hands down, that was the worst conditions he's ever had to race in. Definitely, Cloudy's going to be better than eighth at round two, Duran. Well, out of the championship contenders, he was 
you know, probably the one that had the worst result. So I mean, eighth, he's only 12 points back. That was the, the, the yeah, blessing. Not, yeah, like it we said last week, one it's not, moto. The, yeah, yeah. not the end of the world. So he has to come out and do well this weekend in Wontaggy, you know, to get things back on track and not try and uh, lose too much points after that, you know, 12 points. And I seen he was out there at the MX Nationals ride day. The team is based in Victoria. They would have uh, driven driven down the freeway there and got to Wontaggy to test. Like, they're going to be... CDR's probably got a lot of notebooks from settings at Wontaggy over the years. So, uh, Cloudy, you bet he's going to be prepared coming into round two. Jobin Baldwin, um, the Victorian privateer, uh, actually was out riding yesterday. And uh, Jobin was out there, had a chance to talk to him. Uh, full privateer, working full-time, um, buying bikes, buying parts, doing the whole series. Uh, had a quick chat with him. Uh, yesterday and just sort of said uh, how round one go and he wasn't entirely surprised to find himself in the top 10 um you know he was a pretty fast junior rider i think he took a few years off to get uh, qualified in his trade and now he's back racing and and he said he doesn't really see any reason why he can't consistently be in that top 10 and and the kid goes fast he's 23 years old now so he's not uh not super young but getting some experience in mx1 raced a lot of the last three or four rounds last year in fact it into the top 10 so for baldwin um, pretty cool to see him there, ninth position, and the Vic Ryder would have done a lot of laps at Wanny. Yeah, he's he's probably not very well known, you know, in the other states. But if you're a Victorian, you do see him at the practice tracks, and he's always ripping. Like, um, if he could bring that speed that he has at, say, like Park Four or somewhere. Well, like that's that. where we were yesterday at Park Four, and he was uh, he was hauling the mail around there. Yeah, so for him to, you know, if he was to ever get a start, it would be cool to see if he could uh, run the pace up front because when he, at the practice tracks, he des- definitely has it. He does, and uh, I like that story. Pretty cool. He took a, a step back from the sport, came back, doing it on his own, buying bikes, and uh, inside the top 10 in the elite class is pretty impressive. Now, Cody Dice on the 33, he is 10th right now, 10th position, 10th in the championship after round one. Dicey, this is a big year for Cody. Yeah, I think if he has to come out and get results this year. Otherwise, uh, you know, it might be his last season uh, doing the, you know, as a full-time rider. Yeah, I mean, I he is a 2017 MXD champ, um, was an incredibly successful junior rider. And for Cody, I guess falling on hard times is the wrong word, but he probably became a casualty of that transition from MXD to MX2. Um, was riding for the Empire guys last year. Um, you know, Top 10s, had some better results towards the end of the season, didn't really work out, found himself on the privateer bandwagon this year, and, and he's been uh, picked up by Suzuki, the SB Motorsports setup, providing logistics, and he's a member of that team and supported through Suzuki Australia, some dealership, uh, uh, the Vern Graham dealership in Gippsland. Cody, his parents were stoked it was raining. They said he's good in the mud at round one. Um, he's doing all the right things on Instagram. He's training, he's riding, he's doing his laps. And he has done a lot of laps at Wontaggy over the years. So if, if Cody's going to turn things around and get this season moving and, and get things back on track, um, I think he's going to be feeling pretty good at Wontaggy. He's going to be at home right away. I think he was one of the one of those riders that he, when he stepped up from the under-19s, he realized that you know talent and bike fitness isn't quite going to cut it. So uh, I think he did realize that last year. He started training uh, and... Hopefully we see that pay off this year. Uh, like you said, he, he will have done a lot of laps around Wontag. He's always been fast there. Uh, so, you know, hopefully he has put that work in in the off-season. He was always, you know, really fast junior, and you could always see his talent. But I think he just needed to realise to 
put the work in off the bike and hopefully he's done that. Yeah, I think he's figuring that out now. And uh, good kid, good family. I, I hope to see Dice. He stepped things up a little bit. Uh, this season, um, looking outside the top 10, we've got Creech, Whiteman, Zach Small, Levi McManus, Richie Evans, uh, 15th, the uh, Yamaloob Yamaha, technically a factory ride, somewhat of a satellite program for Yamaha. We talked about it at the intro show. I really like how they do that team. Evans, uh, I think we're going to see him factor into the top 10 quite heavily. Definitely that 15th in the mud isn't a reflection of where he's at. Riker's another one based in Victoria from WA. He's got the best of both worlds. He knows the track and he can ride the sand. And Riker's got a lot of intensity. He can he can ride hard. So uh, I definitely expect to see Jaden um, factor into the top 10 at least. So one of the other riders, I know we've got a lot of privateers and I'm skipping over here, but... Dylan Long, he did that that first turn crash, and I haven't heard anything yet. Yeah, so Longy was a rider I was going to bring up in a minute. You beat me to it, Duran, but um, spoke to Longy on the phone today real quick. I wanted to try to get a rundown of where he was at. And, um, you know, Longy, he said right away, he said, hey, man, stay on the phone. I'm going to text you a picture of uh, the first turn crash because we saw the video footage, but it, it was a, just a complete mud fest. We couldn't see anything. So Longy texted me this picture, and there's a photo of him um, and and Milner is colliding with Longy, and Milner's like hit Longy's elbow. You imagine from the the throttle arm, but Longy's going straight because he's been hit, and Milner's turning, and he's pretty much T-boned Longy's elbow straight on, and it like hyperextended Longy's elbow. Uh, and Dylan, um, it did not look nice. Uh, that's for sure. Well, yeah, when when we heard that, it was just a uh, what do you call it, an extended elbow, hyperextension, yeah. Hyper-ex- yeah. yeah. Didn't sound that bad, but well, we were pretty harsh photo. on him in the in the review round. We oh, I don't like, think I was harsh. I think no, I was but we like you got to get up. You know, you you know you you have to if you could. That's your championship chances out the window of a DNF at round one. But judging by what I've seen, it was probably a little bit worse than maybe we had been made aware or, or, or it was out there in the media on, on the Monday when we recorded the show. But uh, Longy said he really wants to be on the line for round two. He's just working with his physio and his doctors to see where it's going to fall, and we hope to see him there, but uh, not the start of the season long he would have wanted, that's for sure. No, I still stand by my comment that if he can race this weekend in Wanthaggy, he needed to get up and uh, and finish that race. And that's not taking a stab at him. That's just saying no, that I mean, he's that's... a contender. He's one of the guys that I'd expect to win races. So Well, we're going to know this weekend. Like he, it, it was either he's on the line and maybe... He was should have been able to tough it out, or he's not on the line, and at that point you go, well, clearly it's worse than yeah. than we were. were you know, anybody that uh, was at round one knew. So Dylan Long, Empire Kawasaki. Uh, it's a shame to see the start of the year go this way. We hope to see him on the line at round two this weekend. He's another Vic rider that would know Wani pretty well over the years. Especially considering I know that team was around last year, but they really are sort of in their first year. They're the factory Cowie team now, and to have their sort of their rider. Their star guy. Yeah, to not be able to line up, that's a bit of a bummer. So hopefully, you know, it's nothing serious. And if he does miss this weekend, he can be back for uh, round three. Uh, Caleb Ward, 19th at round one. Um, Wardy, he's very fast in the sand. He spent some time over in Europe. He's from uh, the north, rides a lot of sand up there in Cairns. And, uh, you know, Coolum for Caleb Ward is like a sand riding clinic when he's on. And uh, if he's going to get his season going at all, Duran, I think, I keep saying this. There's a lot of guys that need to get their season going, and I think Wanthaggy is going to provide that environment for them. What do you think Wardy's going to bring to the table? 
I think if it is quite soft and, and rolly, he's just so good at, like, with his technique. He's always on his toes, and you can see that at uh, Coolum. I think, it, what year was it? Like 16 or 15 or something like that. He just is just effortless around a sand track. So Yeah, it has to be rough and, and deep, though. I think you're right. That technique, when he stays on top of everything, it's so impressive to watch. Yeah, so I think if it is rough and, um, you know, did he have that injury in the off-season, whether that's going to bother him, we still don't know how he's going to fare because obviously round one was a mudder. We can't take that 19th that he got, you know, with a grain yeah, of salt. That, so. That's an asterisk right there. We don't know anything from that round as far as – he was pretty vocal about um, not cutting the track. He was pretty vocal about other riders maybe doing so. And uh, he – he put that out on, on the social media, and I think he was pretty disappointed with maybe uh, himself at round one. So I think Caleb Ward, we're going to see him rebound at round two. And um, that's probably going to bring an end to the the, the expectations for Thor MX1 heading into one thaggy. But um, to touch more on what we were just talking about, Duran, we've got Kevin Williams on the line. And uh, Kevin, welcome to the show. Thanks, boys. How are we? Doing good, mate. Uh, Hi, Banger. How's it going, mate? Good mate, are you upsetting anyone on social media this week or what? No, I hope not. Everyone's a little bit too sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we just had Justin uh, Robbo on the show, Kevy, and um, it was pretty interesting. It was it was cool get him on the show and uh, squash the beef. It was fun. Good stuff. Uh, so, Kevy, talking about you know we were talking about Caleb Ward and a lot of um, we saw on Moto Online a lot of the interviews with the riders from uh, Appen, and you're the best man to get. Uh, some perspective on the events that went down in the mud there. You know, there were a lot of time penalties issued. There were a lot of riders accusing other riders of cutting the track and not being penalised. Where does WEM sit as far as uh, what the events that unfolded happened with the track conditions and, and, and the penalties that were issued? I don't know, mate. After the start, I got filled in, couldn't see a thing. <laughs> no, look, it, it's, it's always a tough one, isn't it? You know, we... Um, you know, no one ever wants to be the umpire. Um, you know, we, we watched, you know, as you saw, we changed the day a lot. You know, I, I did more steps on my, on, my, on my Apple Watch that weekend than I normally would do. I was around talking to the privateers and talking to the team managers and talking to riders. And, you know, it was change as you go. And clearly we could see in qualifying it was going to be tough. The club had, you know, they always do a great job on that venue. But unfortunately, you know, 120 mil of rain is going to make it hard work for anyone. A lot of people had spent a lot of money, travelled a long distance, and they wanted to get they wanted to get on the track and get their championship underway. We saw in practice, you know, there was times where people were in the qualifying, they're coming off. We were watching that if they were off and and on the throttle, their laps didn't get counted during the racing. You know, the, the uh, before the first race, you know, the clerk, of course, and the race director. Uh, and our officials on the track had a bit of a chat and said, look, you know, it's going to be near impossible for everybody to stay on the track um, today in these conditions, whether you're avoiding another rider, whether you're trying to, you know, you get just caught in a rut and taken off the track. So they basically looked at it and said, if they're off the track and they're under acceleration, so there's roofs coming out, they're under acceleration, they're going to get penalised. You know, it's not... The, you know, if you if you leave the track, you've got to get back on as soon as you can without, you know, interfering with other riders. So sometimes it's hard to just drop straight back into that corner. There might be a guy coming down that straight on the rut. So there was definitely a bit of leeway, but there was definitely penalties hands without where, um, you know, they were seen. And, and I, I have comms, so I hear a lot of what goes on, and I was hearing, you know, these guys are off the track, clerk, of course, coming back. 
is the roost? Are they gaining an advantage? Um, and, you know, some got penalised and some didn't. Now, I've had the argument from riders, the minute you're off the track, you're gaining an advantage. Well, nearly everyone was off the track. The other thing that was almost impossible to do for the officials, they were helping guys get their bikes out of the rut. It was very... The only place that you could really identify a rider, and Jay Wilson's testament to this, was when they went over the timing loop. You know, so there's a lot of guys that might have been right on the edge of the track and it was a bit iffy, but we couldn't determine exactly who they were because until they went over the timing loop, it wasn't 100% sure. Was that number 138 or was it number 136? You know, it was... So you don't want to be handing out penalties when you don't know exactly who it is. But for the most part, those guys who were grabbing advantage that we're seeing got done. For me, if, some, if you're a rider out there and you are genuinely cheating, the championship will catch up with you. There's 19 more races to be ran. Uh, 18 more races to be ran, I should say. So at the end of the day, you, if you're a cheat, you're going to get caught. You know, uh, our guys are on it all the time. That particular weekend, you know, it was tough for everybody and certainly for our guys who were out there, you know, 80% of the time they were helping riders get out from under their bike, get up, get going, you know, so it was just a tough one. It was like a vouch for that. I feel like uh, we were very, very struggling to identify any rider on the TV show, that's for sure. And, um, and I, 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 think, I think the other side of it is this, Joe, and there may have genuinely been, and, you know, I heard you talking about Caleb Warden. He was very upset about it. You know, he got pinged a few years ago and he's worked really hard and, and may, and he, you know, I'm not going to say he didn't stay on the track the whole time. And, you know, that karma, if that's what he did and it cost him a couple of positions, that karma will come back to him for doing the right thing. I truly believe that. You know, um, it's easy to look at it. I've seen, you know, I heard the comments from Todd Waters and I've seen some posts where there's pictures of him off the track. Interestingly, I spoke to the series clerk called Mark Hancock and he said that happened right in front of me. He said he came out of the corner, just got cross-rubbed off the track. He slowed down. Um, he just rolled back and then rejoined back onto the track. He said, I saw that incident. I didn't issue a penalty. He wasn't under throttle. He wasn't intentionally trying to gain advantage. He ended up off the track of, of without, you know, he wasn't directing himself off the track. And so that was the call. And I fully support the decisions the officials made in the best interest of getting everybody to the finish line and not issuing a penalty to someone if they didn't 100% clarify, could, couldn't clarify who it was. Well, I don't envy the uh, officials' decisions, uh, that's for sure. That was a big weekend. And I guess moving on to the next big decision, Kev, was uh, only one moto. Obviously, there were some riders that were probably very glad there was only one moto. Uh, some probably would have liked to have zero motos. So can you just give the listeners at home, I know there were some meetings with the team managers on Sunday morning. The format was changed from the you know the back-to-backs and the sprints back to the traditional format. Then we dropped the moto length. And then we cancelled the second block. So what was the uh, procedures like and dealing with the day? Well, you know, the, the first and foremost, you know, this championship doesn't, you know, the teams are very important and the trucks and all that are very important. But, you know, we had record entries for that round. You know, with the 65 Cup, we had 155 entries. That's the biggest entry numbers in the history of the MX Nationals. It's, um, you know, unfortunately, we made a decision early. The 65s just weren't going to, you know, I, I doubt they would have got through turn one. So... They were parked to one side. Then we, you know, we were looking at the track and watching the qualify. you know, talking about qualifying. And, you know, because of the way qualifying works, if you start out in practice and then, you know, you have, you have a bike problem, you have to be back into the mechanics area with your transponder before the green flag goes out. 
Well, if you had an issue out there early, you know, you got two laps in and you got stuck, you're going to be cooked. So one lap under the yellow, know where the flags are, look at the track and straight into qualifying. And part of that process was talking to a lot of privateers. They don't have, you know, the 2,000-litre water tanker and two mechanics there to wash their bike. They're doing it with their dad. So we wanted to give them more time to be ready for the, first, for the, for the race. So we elected to go to just a 10 minutes straight into the qualifying uh, and this was after talking with privateers and, and riders and teams alike, and that gave everybody extra time to wash and get their bike ready, get their gear ready, and, and just give themselves the best opportunity to get on the start line for the first race. When that decision was made, we fully intended to do two motos. Uh, by the end of the first MX2 moto, we were starting to see bikes coming in real, you know, clutches were stinking. It was clearly, you know, really, really tough out there, and during that motor, it didn't rain, so it was getting tackier and the bikes were getting heavier. So we, you know, we, we looked at that again and we spoke to others, watched the under-19, spoke to some of the open guys, and then we got a heap more rain. As you, as you know, Joe, you were there, and it was just getting worse and worse. The track was getting wider. So again, I did a lap around the pits and said, you know, what I'm thinking here is I don't want people cooking engines and privateers, you know, leaving here having to spend 1500 bucks on a rebuild, you know, what are you thinking? And everyone's like, hey, we've got a race in that, you know, that, let, let's, let's call it a day. And, and so that's pretty much what happened with consultation and communication with, you know, right around the back of the pit area. Um, and then I just said, yep, that's, that's best interest for the series. They haven't travelled all this way and not got to have a ride. We've got some points. And, you know, there'll be some people that were, you know, said to me, oh, maybe we should do, you know, they had a terrible first moto, but they're mud riders. Let's do a second moto. Once the decision was made, we sent it out on the app, which worked really well with the communication with everybody uh, using the race management app. And pretty much um, that was all she wrote. We got through it. We got packed up. Um, and, you know, now, you know, the whole who's next really starts again this weekend because whilst, you know, there were some great results last weekend, it didn't get to, and I'm sure you guys have, Covered it didn't get to tell us who had done what in the off season, and I'm looking forward to one Aggie. Yeah, for sure. And that that was my next question for you. I was like, let's leave the mud and the rain, and and we've sort of all we can talk about for Appen is done. It's it's round one, I guess, part two this weekend, Kevin. We're going to one Aggie. This is the uh, home round of the. Uh, of the MX Nationals for Williams Event Management. You guys are based not too far from Wonthaggy. I know you've been out there uh, last week with the uh, MX Nationals Ride Day. So uh, how's it looking out there? Yeah, track looks pretty good. They've done some changes. I think uh, certainly from spectators, it's going to be really good. The riders seem to enjoy it. It's a couple of new big jumps and that in there. Seems to be flowing well. They've tweaked a couple of the corners, especially after the double-double uh, start and then into that sort of dog leg. They've opened that up, so it'll create for some more passing. Um, but looking really good for this weekend. Record entries again. I just had a look before we before we come on. We're at 41 in MX1, 42 in MXD. I think about 36 in in light. So really solid numbers again. Uh, a new entry that's just come in is um, the 2018 uh, MX1 Finnish champion from Finland. The champion of their championship is riding this weekend. Um, and uh, Eric uh, Caro. And yeah, I saw him around in the preseason. He was riding a lot at uh, the ride parks, and and I uh, wonder where he was going to factor into things. So he's in for round two. So he's in for round two and round three at this stage. Um, Frank Cambry, uh, uh, Frank, one of the guys down at Geelong down there, um, 
uh, it's Frank uh, Cambridge from used to be down there in the um, Geelong Club. He's sort of got behind those guys. Met him over at um, SoCal last year. Great kid. Came out here, had a holiday early in the year, did a bit of fun riding, and he's here to have a ride and see what he can do. So, you know, he represented Estonia in the 2013 MX of Nations. You know, he's ran some GPs. He was sort of, you know, probably around Todd Waters and a couple of the ones that I looked at the results a bit ahead of Todd. We know Todd was carrying some injury last year. So, interesting to see. He's won a national championship in Finland. You know, so he can obviously he can obviously turn the throttle. So, really looking forward to seeing him. He's on number 411. Um, you know, some other riders that will be really interesting to see this weekend. It'll be great to see how Jesse Dobson goes. Great start for him with the uh, championship. was very short uh, run in. But uh, Meddy, a bit fitter again. Of course, Gibbs will be very, very uh, strong. Cloudy. You know, for some it's round one. For some it's absolute redemption round, isn't it? It is. It's going to be a big reset for a lot of riders that need to make a statement after round one. And there's going to be a lot of guys that... Uh want to prove that round one wasn't a fluke and they're in it for the long haul. So uh, we'll let you get back to it, Kevin. I'm sure you've got heaps to organise before we uh, head off to Wanthag in a few days, but uh, thanks for taking the time to come on the show, mate. Thanks, guys. Who's your pick, Strand, for this weekend? Oh, see, I, I feel like Gibbsy's going to win. And uh, between second and third, it's going to be either out of Waters and Clout with uh, Medi coming fourth. Many fourth, you reckon? Yeah, I think he'll be fourth. I I just feel like maybe that second moto is going to get him with, you know, a bit of time off the bike, and if it's a rough sand track, that lower back, it's got to be hurting. I reckon you're pretty good. I'll, I'll swap you for, uh, I'll swap um, Clout and Medi around in that one. Oh, really? I'll put Medi I'll, I'll in the third. Okay. He was look. He was, he was only doing uh, sprint laps down there the other day, but we're looking pretty quick, pretty... Uh, Said his back, no pain in the back. Um, Cloudy was getting in some solid, uh, some runs. Wilbur was absolutely on fire um, down there the other day. Um, it'd be interesting to see one rider 96. Uh, Webster will be really keen to, to get a good run in. Had a good run down there last year. He looks pretty good out there the other day. So uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. Plenty of action this weekend. Of course, the MX2. We'll have the back-to-back moto first up at uh, 25 past 10. They'll kick off with their back-to-back moto and their long one in the afternoon. So, guys, look forward to seeing you trackside. And um, thanks for uh, for the great job you boys are doing on the uh, the Inside Dirt Show. Uh, no worries, Kevin. Thanks for coming on, mate. Thanks we'll see you on the weekend. Ciao, guys. All right. Kevin Williams, promoter of the MX Nationals and uh, Williams Event Management. And uh, that was the last question I would have had for Kev, but he answered it, was uh, the format. Because obviously the new format, the back-to-backs, that all went out the window at uh, round one. Uh, So they press reset, and it's going to be the traditional format for MX1 and the sprint format for MX2. Yeah, see, that's what I was going to ask as well, and he brought it up that I had a few people ask me what the format was going to be. Uh, so we just answered it there. We've got the 250s, got the back-to-back in the morning, and then the... The longer one in the afternoon. Yeah, which, you know, it's be cool to see who, you know, in the sprints going to have people get the starts and that. But with that second moto, you know, the longer it's going to be rougher at the end of the day, see who steps up and, you know, gets the results. Uh, Medi is going to be two long motos, so interesting to see where that back uh, endurance is at, along with the rest of the guys. So that, uh, that's a wrap on MX1 and MX2. We're going to just have a quick chat about MXD and um, Max Purvis. Took the win at uh, round number one. Purvis won some motos at Wonthaggy last year. I think that's kind of where he started putting himself on the map in MXD. Uh, Purvis, the rider out of NZ, has got the uh, most serious mullet game in the pits. 
probably almost stronger than your mullet game back in the day. Highly doubt that, but uh, uh, I, I do remember watching NRG last year and uh, Purvis was fast. He actually had that crash coming on to that first turn again. Uh, yeah, he kind of high-sided, right? Yeah, um, knocked his head a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but he still got up and I think he was on the podium. Um, and Bailey got the win. Malkowitz got the win. That's right. Yeah, that was a pretty decent. It was a not really that left hander can stand you up. I think that's what happened. You kind of low sided into the ground, maybe. Um, I think Purvis definitely going to factor in the results this weekend. Reese Bard second. Bard is going to be fast at Wontaggy. He gets good starts. He's aggressive. He's got intensity. He's got fitness. That's everything of a skill set you need to do well at Wontaggy. So interesting to see where Bard's going to be at. Michael Murphy. We had him on the show last week. He's the Cinderella feel good story. Uh, for the privateer from Victoria, getting on the podium in the mud. Now for Murphy, he's based in Vic, done a lot of laps at Wontaggy. This is where we go, um, was it a mud result or is Murphy the real deal? Yeah, like you said earlier, with that asterisk, you know, he, he could be one of those guys that it was a mud race, so maybe that did factor into why he did get a third place, you know, overall. But for him, he's just going to have to come out and, know, prove that he's a guy and he's going to be there at every round. I think if he gets a start, we could see him factor into the, the, the 5 to 10 range maybe. Um, going to be a big weekend for Michael Murphy. We hope to see him up front. Hugh Roach, the other Vic privateer, going to be the exact same deal for Roach. Fourth position, didn't quite get as much press as uh, Murphy did, but uh, he's a West Vic privateer. Um, not sure how he's going to go in the sand, but wonder where Roach is going to end up. Uh, Clifton, fifth right now in the championship. Another rider I really don't know much about, so my apologies to the um, Caleb Clifton, but i got to do got to talk to him this weekend and get a feel for where he's from and where he's at. But uh, Clifton in fifth right now in the championship after fifth in that moto would happen. See what he can bring to Wontaggy. Now, uh, Liam Walsh, the 121, he was sixth at, um, at Appen. Walsh is from NT. He rides a lot of sand. He came down for the uh, regional race at Wontaggy a few weeks ago, and uh, I know Walsh is going to have some speed this weekend, so if he can get a start, I think Walsh is going to factor in. Um, now, seventh position, Regan Duffy. Duffy's got the speed. We know he can ride the sand. He's from WA. He can ride the mud. He can ride it all. Duffy, I think, is going to be on a mission to destroy everybody at round two this weekend. He had crazy lap times on the 125 there. I'm not sure what event it was, but I remember him just being so fast. So uh, I think it for me, uh, my picks are obviously going to be Purvis and out of Duffy. It's got, if they get a good start, those two, that could be a really good battle. I, I honestly, personally, I don't think anyone's getting near Duffy this weekend. I don't think really? you're going to see the back end of him. There's going to be a big statement for the rest of the season. Um, I guess I'm on the Duffy bandwagon. I follow Junior's motocross really closely and just watching what he can do to the rest of the field when he's on. I think Duffy's going to show that this weekend. Uh, Jace Cosford, he gets good starts. He's on that two-stroke. He can definitely factor in with uh, some starts and some... Uh, he's got the speed, if he can put it together. Dale Lyons, uh, ninth. Liam Andrews, 10th. Uh, Andrews, uh, Victorian rider. Spun a lot of laps in Wontaggy. Used to ride for uh, the GYTR Yamaha, which is now the Yami Yamaha Junior team under Cam Taylor and Vic. He spent a lot of time in uh, Wontaggy. So Andrew's 10th, definitely not what he would have wanted at round one. I expect to see more at Wontaggy. Jack Kukas, same deal. We don't know much about Kukas yet. He's back from the States. The Queenslander is riding for the WBI Yamaha squad. Kukas is going to want some redemption at Wontaggy. Also, Ty Jones, another rider out of uh, the junior class. Jones doing it for Husqvarna in MXD now. He's from Queensland. Jones is fast. I expect to see him get inside at least the top 10 at Wontaggy. Lockie Smith, 14th out of Tassie. Mason Rowe, 15th. 
Noah Ferguson, another rider I want to touch on. Ferguson definitely has some speed in the sand. He's from near Coolum, I believe. He's the younger brother to Isaac Ferguson and Noah. He rips. You know, we saw Isaac in the top five in MX2. I know we're going to see uh, Ferguson in MXD. Noah, that is really factor into the. I think we're going to see Noah on the podium at Wontaggy. See, I've never actually seen him ride, but I uh, do know the guys at FXR who uh, support uh, Noah and. I've only ever heard good things and how quick he goes. So you just need to go on his Instagram. He puts some. I mean, everyone puts up Insta bangers where they're going fast, but he is on it. Like the kid, you, you watch him race. He's the only guy I've really seen very often in juniors have the speed to to hole shot over Duffy and take it to him. Doesn't always come out on top, but he's definitely not afraid to hang it out. So Ferguson, I think we're going to see some good things. Uh, Mason Simmons, nineteenth. Uh, Definitely expecting to see Mason, the Victorian rider, getting a lot of support from the Davy Motorsports and KDM Australia. Simmons is going to be coming in hot at Wontaggy. Uh, Brody Ellis, another rider I expect to see bigger things from from Tassie. I think Ellis, I still say it, he's going to be in the championship hunt this year. He can put it together. It needs to happen this weekend at Wani for Ellis. Uh, Boba, another rider that needs to get back on. 22nd, Helia, same deal. 23rd, we could go on right now. But uh, that's going to be... The heavy hitters coming into round two at Wonthaggy for the MXD class, the Pirelli MXD class. And uh, that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be a wrap on the Wonthaggy preview show. We went a little bit long tonight, but uh, we really want to thank everyone. The, the numbers, the downloads, the subscribers have been really good, surpassing everything I anticipated for the show in the first few weeks. So uh, myself and Duran, everyone at Inside Dirt, we really want to thank you guys for supporting this podcast. I'm getting a lot of Instagram DMs. I'm getting a lot of support at the track. People just saying how much they're enjoying the show. Um, you guys are really enjoying us getting the privateers on and not just talking to the factory guys. So that's something we're going to explore more of. And uh, yeah, just straight up, we thank you guys for supporting the show. We're still figuring this platform out. It's going to get bigger and better as the season goes on. And uh, with that, we will see you guys at Wonthaggy. Uh, Please tune in to uh, MX Live if you can't get there uh, on race day. We will be out at, uh, check the Instagram. But normally around 10 a.m. we go live with the first motos on NRG TV. And we can't wait to bring you all the action. So uh, thanks again from myself and uh, Duran Stapleton. We will see you guys at Wonthaggy. This is going to be the Wonthaggy Round 2 preview show coming out Wednesday morning. Please get that in your calendars every Wednesday before the MX Nationals. The preview shows will be out. And every Tuesday morning, the review shows will be out. So check back in next week on Tuesday morning, and we'll bring you all the uh, happenings, what went on in the pits. Duran, you're going to be at Wontaggy? I'll see how I'm feeling. I get my uh, bicep screwed back onto my arm in the morning. <laughs> oh, wow. So, um, yeah, we'll see how I'm going. I may, may make an Just another day in Duran's... Uh, Pretty much. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you at Wontaggy. Peace out. Mm-hmm.